Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for some culture as we are going to talk, be talking about, excuse me, geez, right off the top, uh, talk about the Dungeons and Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves, colon, uh, Honor Among Thieves, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce, and joining me today is Kevin Miller. How the heck are you, Kevin? Hey, glad to be here. I'm going to chalk up that bad intro to the to me getting the Gabe Landis cock news about a half hour before uh, we were to come on here. That was not good. That was bad. I don't care for it. But uh, the, 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 this podcast isn't about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna get over it, and we're gonna I'm, I'm not gonna let it affect me on this on this pod for something that should be uh, quite wonderful because uh, we're talking about uh, as mentioned earlier the the Dungeons and Dragons movie that came out last week that is uh apparently like it did not have a great second week am i reading that for some reason despite the fact that it uh i've, I've heard that yeah yeah despite the fact uh, it, 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 had a, it had a pretty bad drop which sucked like it's it's crazy because it doesn't look like they're gonna make their money back on this flick or they're 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 barely going to which sucks because this has a like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes and was quite the breath of fresh air, I thought, after, uh, uh, you know, some, some not that the Marvel movies have anything to do with this, but I mean, I mean, they share an audience for sure. And I'm not here to rag on the MCU or anything like that, but you know, it hasn't been, there haven't been some, some great, there've been some misses for the, uh, for the MCU recently. So this is, this was kind of a fun, uh, fun redo, but before we get into the actual, um, context of the movie uh i wanted to talk to you about just like dungeons and dragons in general and and what this game means to you and kind of establish our uh our our uh bona fides going into uh going into this one so let me uh just uh start by asking you how long have because you and i are both D players uh yep. how long have you been playing and and what was your first kind of experience with uh the game of dungeons and dragons uh wow um mm-hmm. <laughs> so so i think you and i actually might have started playing at the same time because mm. uh, uh we had some friends uh in college probably around like 2005 or so um who were into it uh when i went to school for programming so a lot of nerds a lot of uh overlap there with uh people who were interested in D. um we started playing some uh 3.5 edition um, I remember my first character ever was a halfling rogue uh, who had to break out of prison and use a broken piece of clay plate as a makeshift weapon. Um, but uh, since then, I, I've uh, sort of, like, you know, that, that game fell apart pretty quick because, you know, it's a college game. Everyone's got different schedules. I think there were, like, nine people in that group. It's just impossible to maintain. Um, you know, I, I played uh, over uh, Ventrilo in, like, the late aughts. Oh, I haven't heard that in a while. Uh, 2007 to 2008 i want to say i played a uh fourth this was around uh right around the time fourth edition came out um and i played um so i was dungeon mastering third edition while playing fourth edition around that time <laughs> uh with a local group here in uh in waterloo um while also playing online with this group as a uh, fourth edition wizard so i got uh some experience on both sides of the uh, dm screen there and uh and when 5th edition came out, I started DMing a couple groups. Like, every year it seemed like I was starting a new group, and we would get, like, three or four sessions in and fall apart, and I would sort of cobble together a new group from that. Um, but uh, most relevantly, uh, you and I started playing with a uh, group of uh, friends over um, Discord in, like, 2019, I want to say, we started. And uh, we're, now, we're now just passing four years, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of fun with that group. We uh, are four years into our main campaign now. We alternate between that and another campaign that I, I dungeon master. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we all take turns doing little one-shots here and there. It's It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, for me, I first got introduced in the game. I don't even know what version it was. I want to say it was like 2E, if that's even a thing. Uh, but it was way back in the it's 90s. Fan. <laughs> yeah, it was way back in the 90s when I was super young. And it was back when they had that, like, Thaco thing, or Thaco, yep. or however it was pronounced. And it, it was just like, it, it, it was incomprehensible for a 10-year-old, especially when you can just play NHL 94 on the Sega Genesis instead, right? So it just, I, I never got into, I never understood it. It just seemed like they were trying to get me to do algebra to play, yeah. uh, play a game. <laughs> so it just, and in a lot of ways, I'm glad that I didn't really get into Dungeons & Dragons until I was in my 30s, because I think if I was in, uh, I think I was, I think I was more sure of myself in <laughs> my 30s to create characters that are actually fun and enjoyable for not just me, but you know, I, I, I hope for the, the other members of the table, but cause like if I played it when I was, you know, thir 12, 13, I absolutely would have made the stereotypical, like grizzled, yeah, <laughs> grizzled white guy, edgelord with a, you know, with a beard and a sword and a rough past, <laughs> like, and just like, right. just, just the worst character imaginable, uh, or just the least creative character imaginable, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I never really played it, despite the fact that it seemed like it would be up my alley if you'd known anything about me or met me for five seconds. Uh, but it's I honestly didn't get into it until I was watching um, College Humor. Like, I gotta give them credit for yeah. that, like their, their Dimension 20 stuff. Because I was, um, I didn't have it, because I, I want to say it was like... It was, so it must have been around like 2017, 2018 when they, when they started uh, releasing stuff for... Or maybe it was 2019, I know. Either way, um, I started doing... I, 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 I was trying to get back into exercising and, and was just doing stuff on the bike. And I needed stuff that was 45 minutes-ish long to watch that yep. wouldn't be too boring. And at the time, um, College Humor had started their, uh, their paywall service called Dropout. And they would feed stuff because uh, IAC, I think, is the company. There was their parent company. They hadn't dropped College Humor yet because that didn't happen until like a month before the pandemic, which, yowza. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they would drop their Dimension 20 stuff. And I, I didn't really watch it until, uh, like, they would put it on their on their College Humor channel. I didn't really watch it until I was just like, ah, what the hell, I'm on the bike. Let me just put this on. I'll watch the College Humor guys crack some jokes around a table. I didn't even really know that they were playing. Like, I knew it was a TTRPG. I didn't even know it was specifically Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. But they did their first season where it was like the the elevator pitch for it. Like it was called Fantasy High, and the elevator pitch for it was what if, basically what if John Hughes was a dungeon master, right? So <laughs> right. like like everybody in their season one is you know basically like what if orcs and elves and whatnot were in high school and we're dealing with high school problems while also dealing with swords and sorcery type problems what, what the breakfast club was made of sorcerers <laughs> exactly yeah it, and it was just so clever and the people at the table uh for them were obviously they're all professional improvisers and whatnot so they were extremely good at playing uh dungeons and dragons because obviously there's connective tissue there between the improv world and uh and dungeons and dragons um 
And, you know, and then, for, uh, like, and so I, I watched the first episode, and I was like, what the hell is this, right? Like, wait, this is how it is? And, and even when they were, like, explaining how the roles and stuff go, it seemed like it was a lot easier. And that was when I started tapping you for information on it, and you were like, oh, yeah, you should check out 5e. And I was reading 5e, and I'm like, this seems not overly complicated, right? And Yeah, and so in, in my opinion, like, there's a lot of, um, like, third edition got real bloated um mm-hmm. this, this is my opinion this is this is sort of the widely held opinion well I'll, I'll go ahead with that but uh third edition got really bloated to the point where there were rules that were super conflicting and and overlapping like there was a rule for anything you can imagine uh and i think that's because that was like the going edition for like 10 plus years or something like that when fourth edition came out it was around the advent of like big huge video games like world of warcraft um, and so they really tried to make it, um, everyone has, uh, similar sort of abilities. Everyone is sort of a caster to the point where you have like at will and encounter and daily abilities, regardless of what class you're on and stuff like that. So it was a lot more, um, it was a lot more simplified, which for, you know, old fans maybe seems like a big step back, but it was super easy to get new people into it because it was simplified. Um, and in my opinion, fifth edition kind of marries the simplified version of like the 3.5 customization options. Um, so there, it's really the best of both worlds as far as I'm concerned. I don't have the same sort of vitriol a lot of people have for fourth edition, but it, it was a good system uh, to come out when it did. And I, I feel like, you know, uh, as you're mentioning, like I, I have um, some background in listening to like the uh, the the. Uh, real play podcasts and stuff like that as well like uh, when fourth edition launched before it even launched um penny arcade collaborated with uh with dungeons and dragons like with uh, uh wizards of the coast to do uh, another their, name i haven't heard in a while yeah they they, they collaborated to do their uh, acquisitions incorporated series which was just a podcast at first and like you know it was like the penny arcade guys and scott kurtz from pvp and uh will wheaton and stuff like that and then uh they, they ended up turning that into a whole franchise. My understanding is they actually currently have a Kickstarter to uh, like relaunch some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But they were doing like a, they did like a YouTube series and like a stage show at PAX and stuff like that. And then you know out of that sort of tradition, I think that was probably the first. But that's where like Dimension Twenty and uh, the McElroy's Adventure Zone and uh, certainly Critical Role and everything kind of spawned out of that. And I've you know, been big fans of a lot of these different shows, mostly because I'm a fan of the people creating them. Um, but, you know, hey, it's people that I already like to listen to on a podcast, and now they're playing Dungeons & Dragons, which is, like, one of my favorite things. So, fuck yeah, I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, like, like 5th edition was a, a definitely a good one to get people into it, and I, I think that's where uh, you and I started kicking off our group together. Um, it was kind of perfect timing, because I remember you messaged me out of the blue, uh, saying like, hey, uh, our friend Kyle and uh, and I are looking for like a D and D game. Do you think you could run something for us? Meanwhile, our other friend Chris, like the day before that, was like, hey, I'm thinking about getting a group together. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, <laughs> you guys chat. Let's all chat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This history. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's been great. Honestly, it's it's 
one of my favorite things to do now. It's it's such a great space, and I was just leafing through my, my podcast thing, and I'll say that, like, or my list of the podcasts that I listen to, and if I count it properly, because I was being very quick there, uh, somewhere between five and seven uh, various Dungeons & Dragons podcasts right. that I listen to, none of which are Critical Role, <laughs> which I do... Uh, I do acknowledge as being awesome, and I've I've read most of the Wikipedia for Critical Role. I just can't; it's too long for me. And uh, oh yeah, it's it's massive. I get it entirely. Yeah. Uh, if you are interested, and, mm-hmm. and this is where I think I might get you, mm-hmm. um, is uh, the Legend of Vox Machina on Amazon has been amazing. Yes, very uh, very good show. And really enjoyed that. that. They're doing the their second campaign series as well, the Mighty Nine. Yes. Uh, and yeah. that is that is my critical role season. Like if I had to pick one, it's like you know the Star Trek: The Next Generation is my Star Trek. This is mm-hmm. my my critical. Yeah. Role. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 great. Yeah, and it, like I've just been you know I I still uh you know I'm all caught up on shows like NADPOD and and I went to go see NADPOD live when they were in Toronto and and that was a great time and and uh. Uh, I still watch Dimension 20 on, on Dropout and whatnot. They just dropped the last episode of their uh, latest season uh, on Wednesday. They did, um, what else? Dungeons and Daddies, which is honestly not a great Dungeon, oh, yeah. <laughs> dungeon uh, not, D&D not, podcast, not but, but God, those guys are funny. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah Dungeons it's, and Daddies. It's, it's, I just yeah. listen for the jokes. Like, oh, honestly. God, they're so great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they're great. Yeah. Uh, um, Oh, there's 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 so many good ones. I, I I would have to say like Nadpod is probably my personal favorite, but th- that's neither here nor there. It's just, it's it's just an excellent game, and uh, it, it it's a lot of fun. So now that we have established some of our uh, bona fides, like I was saying there, for mm-hmm. uh, Dungeons and Dragons, let us discuss in the same vein that we would do uh, one of our Marvel movies or whatnot. This Dungeons and Dragons movie, I thought that this was just I a brand exercise <laughs> it was I mean yes if we're gonna come at it from the most cynical view of it yes you could tell that they had the like let's make this hit in a way that if it hits we can make 10 of these motherfuckers right <laughs> like like that's yeah. That if, if I was to make the, if I was to have the most cynical view of this movie, that would be the 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 one thing that was kind of bad. And also, this movie is about fifteen minutes too long, but not in a like, not in a insanely destructive way. Also, we should say uh, spoiler alert for uh, Dungeons Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. Uh, off the hop, I went into this film and that's only I, I went into this film thinking I like I was pretty cautiously optimistic that this would be a lot of fun the trailers for it were not great but we but were fun enough and you know and we do have the Medellin rule on this podcast which is saying like you know don't um, don't buy into the trailer hype <laughs> yeah don't buy into the trailer hype no matter which way it's going right like just never trust trailers I uh, uh, don't 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 yeah, just don't buy into it, whether it's it, it looks like it's going to be the greatest movie of all time based on the trailer, or if it looks like it's going to be a big piece of crap, because uh, this movie, this trailer, I think, made this movie look like a big piece of crap, and it's and it's not. It's, it is a, a delightful romp uh, in the Swords and Sorcery, in, in like a version of Swords and Sorcery that we haven't had for a while, in my opinion. I know that there's a couple of, uh, I know that there's a couple of, 
Amazon Plus shows like Rings of Power and Wheel of Time that I haven't got to, but I've read that yeah. those are pretty mid to begin with. But uh, yeah. let's face it, most of us, Swords and Sorcery Rise, were stuck in uh, the Game of Thrones world for about 10 years, right? For about the last decade, we've been stuck in the Game of Thrones world. And the Game of Thrones world, while 85% of that journey was incredible, uh, wasn't exactly a, a, you know, it wasn't exactly a welcoming world where you were like, boy, I would like to, nobody was like, boy, I would like to go into the dungeons or sorry, boy, I would like to go into the game of Thrones world. Cause that's a place where I would really thrive and have a good time. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're already dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would already be dead in the game of Thrones world. Um, this one, I thought that this uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor of Thieves, I thought was a, del- was just a great popcorn flick. Something we haven't had in a while. A bit of a breath of fresh air, especially given the the recent quote unquote decline of the MCU. Um, the the evaporation of the DCEU into whatever the heck is going on in that. Um, I mean, I know I like the Fast and Furious franchise, but I fully acknowledge that those movies are basically bollocks. Um, this one had a lot of good stuff and had so many Dungeons and Dragons references, Kev, to oh, yeah. the point where I was like, is this like, or is this actually going to be enjoyable to non D and D players? Like, did we go so far the other way that this is, this is only enjoyable to D and D players, but I don't think so. Well, I think, I think it's, this is part of what I want to talk about. Actually. Did yeah. You, did you see it alone or did you go with Carly? <laughs> no, I just, I, I went by myself. Uh, the, although I do think she would enjoy this flick if she saw it. Uh, but, uh, the, the day I went, um, uh, it was just a weird day. And I was like, I really, really want to see this movie. And I just squeezed, I squeezed it in. I'm like, I actually went to a, for the first time in a long time, I went to a reasonable showing. I think it was like seven o'clock on a Wednesday. I think that I went, oh, yeah. um, and there were actually people there that were dressed up, uh, not like full cosplay, but like sort of, what do I got in my closet that I'm going to wear and go there? And, and uh, there, yeah, there were definitely uh, some hardcore D&D uh, people there. It, and and it was it was fun it was it was a it was a it was a very fun experience it was it was a very fun experience um so so how about you? two things about that is that uh yeah there, there were no one dressed up at my showing i went uh, about a week mm-hmm. later than you did mm-hmm. um and uh, no one was dressed up but you could tell even just by looking like uh and this is something that our friend uh cat mentioned to me as well she's also in our D group uh and she went to sleep before any of us i think mm-hmm. um and she was like no one was dressed up, but everybody was in a group of five, which was four <laughs> guys and a girl. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's our group. That's the you know where that you know where that only happens. Dungeons and Dragons and wrestling. Those are the only thing, those are the only things where it's like, and, and and I don't mean just like fan wise. I mean like in uh like it, for the actual wrestlers because that's what they that's what they're doing these days. It's every stable that exists. Every stable that exists right now, Kevin, is three dudes and a girl. <laughs> like okay, okay. every single one. Well, yeah, and I mean, we were out in the lobby, like waiting for our popcorn and stuff like that. And there was a group of people like sitting and chatting, and one of them was wearing a fedora. And I'm like, well, I know. What yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, uh, the, the fedora, the, uh, an item of clothing that less than one percent of the bo- of of planet Earth looks good in. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, so, but uh, I went. I went with uh, my my wife Jenny, and mm-hmm. she 
could give a shit about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, often makes fun of us when we're playing. Well, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. she's either in the room and rolling her eyes, or she's yeah. comments. The 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 thing that she always does is once I come down after we play a, a session, she always asks, "Did you win? <laughs> like, are you winning, son?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, definitely. Or no, I got my ass handed to me by Storm Giants. Um, yeah. <laughs> recently. Um. But uh. But she wanted. She was curious because. The trailers, while having D&D references in them that, you know, the average person couldn't pick up, clearly had some humor in it and had this sort of Guardians of the Galaxy type vibe yeah. where it's like, I don't know these characters. I don't really need to know, but but there seems like there's like a chemistry there. Like there are some good bits in those trailers. So she was curious. She was delighted. She loved this movie. I like yeah. this movie a lot. Like, oh, my God. There's a lot. I... To and, and, and honestly, like you, you mentioned that it, it might be a little bit too long. Um, anytime one of us went to the washroom, it's like, oh, you just missed the craziest shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like the best scene. Sorry, you missed it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just kept going in a way that I really enjoyed. Like, I, I, I could have, I, I'm ready for a sequel tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the pacing isn't bad in this movie. And I, I even for like a, a movie that's two hours and, and about 10, about 15, about two, yeah, it's about 2.15 and you could... We, you could probably shave 15 minutes off of it, but not in a way where it's like, it's 2.15, but not in a debilitating way. Like, it, yeah. it, 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 like I'll give you, like, recently, the last movie I saw right after this one was I went to go see the Mario movie this week. Uh, don't worry, I won't spoil the Mario movie uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, but um, I'll just say I thought that that was a delight of a film, too, and I don't get the 40%. On Rotten Tomatoes, that's just to me. If you if you can't enjoy that Mario movie, you're probably a pretty you're, you're either over sixty or you're a completely miserable person. <laughs> is, is is what I'll say. Um, but that movie is ninety minutes, Kev, and is perfect because I I took my my four year old to go see it. It was her first time. We're, we're going to see if she can seriously sit through a movie, uh, and she did. And that has the perfect pacing for the kids. They they never slow on the action. Mario's doing something in every scene, more or less. It was, it, it's a damn near borderline perfect kids movie. Um, yeah, that, that's what I've heard about it. Is that yeah. you know, your mileage may vary if you're a person our age, but mm-hmm. it's great for kids. Yeah, I thought I thought it was great. I'll say that again. No spoilers, and then back to D and T. But th- this movie has similar, I think. But has basically the two-hour version of that, where there's not a lot of it's good, but there's not a lot of fat on the bone, right? Like it's it's very, it, it it's a lean. It's, it's strange to say this. It's a lean two hours. I thought this movie. Yeah, like I, I can't think of anything I would cut, honestly, or or even shorten, really. With uh, with with some absolutely breathtaking sequences. Like we can get into the specifics here, but my my favorite part of this movie was easily the tiefling druid character attempting to um her escape from uh from the city what, what was the name of the city again? Uh, it, was, uh, this was it wasn't baldur's gate never, but they say baldur's never gate winter. right never winter right yeah it was they said baldur's gate and that was one of those like uh, you know leonardo dicaprio pointing at the screen moments for me right where yeah, i was like yeah. ah! <laughs> like this movie takes yeah. place in in Faerun, so you know it they, yeah. it opens in Icewind Dale, and you see like a map a couple times, or it's like yeah. oh, oh, there's Baldur's Gate, there's the Sword Coast, like all these yeah. places you've heard of before. Like Wizards yeah. is definitely trying to 
sell their official content. So I get it, you know. It's yeah, not this is Morden Kynan's. This what was it? This is Morden Kynan's safe, and I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, a lot of a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, again, to the point where I was like, are people gonna, are reckon, you know, are like non T and folk gonna <laughs> enjoy this film? But like, it's so they, it's so fly by night like a lot of those references are so quick that it doesn't yeah. matter at all they could have left them out entirely and and you wouldn't miss it yeah. like and at no yeah. point was like genuinely like, wait a minute what's neverwinter like it doesn't matter it's the city. no it's a place yeah it's it's the city and it, it has no meaning to me but if you're a D D person you're gonna be like <gasps> you know they said they said the thing you know like it's yeah the yeah, the same way, you know, in, in yeah, yeah. This That's is, five miles from my house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it didn't have anything to do with that. They, it, but like that, th- that sequence of her trying to uh, spy on them as the druid who is, um, the wild shape. <laughs> yeah, the, the wild shape druid who is, uh, you know, starts off as a fly, and then the, the 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 sorceress is like, wait a minute, someone's spying on us. I can feel it, and then, you know, she tries to blast the fly with a thing, and then she she turns into a mouse or something and then starts running through the castle and she's getting chased after by people and then turn it into uh well that sequence was amazing my favorite bit is her like transforming back into humanoid form inside of a suit of armor and armor and then walking (laughs) yeah and then the guy comes like tries to take her head off and the helmet just flies off and (laughs) yeah she's a snake suddenly like it's crawling out of the boot like yeah a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, and then she like snake dives out the window and turns into an eagle, and they're firing arrows at her while she's an eagle, and you know they hit her and she lands and she turns into a deer and is able to like escape as a deer and say, "God, like it, it sounds ridiculous me describing it, but like I, it was the several deer references up to that. Yeah, <laughs> it was a legitimately breathtaking experience in that where I was where I was just like oh you know like, and obviously was... like a scene like that is made of CG but it's like a single mm-hmm. continuous take too right? yeah exactly yeah they did it where yeah where it's just like one big take even though yeah it was obviously CG, and everybody got a but... scene like that like there was yeah. uh, you know like the the scene that was in the trailer of uh of Michelle Rodriguez's Holga like escaping execution yeah uh, and you know we get to see uh, uh, Zank the Paladin fighting uh, in the Underdark and stuff like mm-hmm. that. The um, the uh, the the oh gosh the assassins. <laughs> like, oh, the, the dark gets a sequence like that. Yeah, yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody gets a cool like. It, God, it's just it's such a it, 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 that. What what was your favorite sequence? Because mine mine was was easily that. It, uh, it's that's up there for me. For for me, I think my favorite. It was a longer scene. It was probably close to five to ten minutes, if not longer. Um, but it was the uh, speak with dead scene. That was fucking uh, incredible. Which was <laughs> a a good D and D reference, especially yeah. when they, when they call to the spell itself, where it's like, oh, you can ask five questions. Why is it five? I don't know. It's just how it works. Like that's, that's yeah. the joke, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's the exactly. joke for those who are in the know. Like, yeah, that's just how the spell works. I don't know why it's five, but um, you know, a lot of fun. Yeah, and like that first bit where they do the like Homer Simpson thing, where it's like, "Are you really the head of the Quickie Mart?" <laughs> yeah, you know, like, exactly yeah. What I yeah. yeah. Really? You? Yeah. 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 Lightning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, but that that whole sequence because it goes back and forth between like, okay, get the shovel, we gotta dig up another corpse. To like, here's a flashback to like an epic battle scene where epic things are happening, and we're getting this lore intercut with all these funny bits where like the second guy that they pull up and. He he and he tells them everything he knows by the second question, and then they're like, "Okay, well, what's your favorite color? What's your, like yeah. now we're doing the Monty Python thing." 
And yeah. like the last bit there, like, what's two plus two? And he's like, I never learned how to add. And he just collapses back into the <laughs> casket. Like, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it just and, and a great capture. And that was the thing that made this movie a little bit extra special to me was, if you are a D&D player, they did capture certain aspects of actually playing the game within the story of this without it being overly, like, like without it being alienating, you don't get or... lost in the weeds. Yeah, it's it, breezy. Right? There it's... are references, and they're there for people yeah. who are there to pick them up. But it, you don't suffer for missing them. But like that, plot ultimately is its own thing. Yeah, because that like that, that has the whole thing of uh, like the just I can just see uh, like a, any D and D group at the table going through something like this, where it's like, ah, oh, crap, we didn't get enough information from this guy we dug up. We gotta dig up another guy and keep oh, this yeah. going. And well, the DM's and... just kind of like, oh boy, how long is this gonna go on for? And right, right away, like, and then my my other favorite sequence slash recurring joke is mm. like, it starts with them doing the like everyone who's ever played D and D has done a prison break, right? Yeah, yeah, and exactly. It starts with them, like, you know pleading before the parole board and they're waiting for this guy Jarnathan to show up. <laughs> Jarnathan, who's the internet hero of this film. Oh the the, the Eric Cochran Jonathan, right? <laughs> who like, or Jarnathan, who everybody's like, yeah, give yeah. this guy a movie. <laughs> right? like, and they mentioned in the scene before when they're like breaking ice in the yard and they're like, oh, you know, he's an Eric Cochran. He's, uh, he's definitely going to get us out of here. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, well, I understand what that is. You know, my wife doesn't, but you know, when uh, this bird man walks into the scene <laughs> later on and yeah. he He's interrupting his own backstory to be like, you know, Jonathan really would have liked this part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I feel do... like this lengthy backstory that gets us into the story, and then they just bail out the window with them. Like, but we pardoned you. <laughs> yeah, the only yeah, the only bit I didn't like about that sequence, and maybe this is just me, I don't know if anybody else went through this, but as Chris Pine is going through that whole diatribe where he's explaining how he, he you know, used to be part of this, like, paladin group, and, uh, you know, they were the good guys, and then, the, you know, he, he lost his way, and his wife and kid died, be- or his wife died because of it, and mm-hmm. uh, as he's going through all this, because we didn't really know Chris Pine's character, and when we first meet him, him and Michelle Rodriguez are in jail, and the first thing she does is brutally murder this orc, even though he deserved it well i guess she didn't murder him but she just beats the hell out of him even though he deserved it we're still like okay these are two guys in prison we don't know why they're here and then as he's explaining to this i'm sitting there going like is what chris is chris is this real is this his actual backstory or is he just fabricating a story right because because he's a clever uh you know he's like the charming rogue who's just like kind of lying his teeth off to get uh to get himself out of this situation, yeah, but sure. it, it, it turns out that was got plus like fifteen in, in persuasion, right? Yeah, so I'm just like, is he making is is he making this up? And we're just like, and then it kept going and going, and I was just like, boy, this better be his actual be backstory <laughs> because like we're wasting a lot of time in this first fifteen minutes. Yeah, so yeah. I will say, as awesome as that scene was, and then the them diving out the window with the Eric Cochra, I was like, I, I was like. That's great, but if all of that was like turned out to be a lie, that's a very shaky start for this Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, movie, yeah. If it right? was like, here's another ten minutes of my actual backstory. That was yeah. <laughs> so I was a little worried off the hop there, but I was relieved when it when it turned out it, it was in fact his actual backstory and and uh, was was integral to the uh, the rest of the film and is basically 
how you introduce your background in D D because it's like basically uh, like it's literally <laughs> it's session one being like okay we're here now uh you know so and so please describe your character right and then you get to go and do your whole uh you get to go and do your whole thing and then it, it was just excellent and then in, in doing so we set up like okay here's uh hugh grant he's playing forge he's probably going to be the bad guy just based on the way yeah. he's behaving and acting in the scene and then here's my friend holga uh michelle rodriguez she's clearly our barbarian and then there's our uh, i used to have a friend who's a sorcerer and you're like i'll bet we see him again you know right yeah. and then uh, uh you know and then they go and do uh you know that whole thing and it, it, it was well it was what i like great. about it and and, yeah. and this is almost like the the um the better version of what you're describing. Like if he had told this whole story and the whole thing turned out to be a lie for the sake of making himself seem better to get out of prison, that would have been kind of a shaky start, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but what you get is what actually happens in a D and D game, which is like, here's my story. Here's how I got to where I am. I'm not going to tell you everything because I'm not going to tell you the parts that make me seem less likable and less pardonable. So yeah. I'll leave out the parts that come in later, which is like, hey, the reason that these wizards killed my wife is because I stole some money from them. And I stole money from them because we were living on the on the fringes of society, basically. Like, we were bas- barely making ends meet. I stole from them. It was a moment of weakness, and it got my wife killed. And so I hold myself personally responsible for all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the sort of thing where it's like, yeah, like, you know, the first session we play d and I'm going to be like, yeah, here's my new character. Here's, here's like, a little bit of their background. But I'm not going to give you everything because it's more fun in a story if that comes out gradually, right? Yeah, it's like, here's the meat and potatoes. We'll get to the veggies and the dessert later on my character. Right? Exactly. You don't want to have it all. Yeah. Yeah. The seasoning yeah. will come in to make it extra. Delicious. Yeah, down yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to blend that all up into a smoothie and then drink <laughs> it all down on the first session, right? Which is, you know, and and they just they squeezed so many great D and D things in this movie. I thought, like, we go to the Underdark in this movie, and it's did great. See that coming? <laughs> There's yeah, did not see that coming at all. There's an excellent sequence where the the guy who I think is the breakout character in this movie to uh, to me. Uh, uh, well, oh god what's his name uh, I don't know how to pronounce the first half of his name but it's like Regé Jean Page or something like that yeah, yeah. who plays Zenek he was so good in this movie yeah, was he in other stuff because I'd never seen him before that's why he's a breakout character for he me is, he's famously the romantic lead in Bridgerton oh yes he was sexy McSexerton in Bridgerton wasn't he but I never watched Bridgerton so this is my no. first exposure to this guy as an actor <laughs> that's right yeah but he was great in uh, this incredible uh, incredible yeah. and honestly I, like this is why I need a sequel is because I need that guy back uh, yeah, and, but they did him. He's in like a third of the movie, and if he had been around at the end, it probably would have been too easy for them. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the best part. And and that's the other thing that makes this so this that it's a great D and D movie too because you everybody's done this where you have a friend who shows up for like three sessions who knows how to play the game, and you're like, oh man, this is awesome. Can you stick around? Or like, you know, it happens all the time in like. And, and if you do the like, if you listen to a lot of the like, let's play D and D podcasts, right? Where it's like, uh, um, like, like I know what happened in Critical Role, right? Like there was the one guy who came on and played like a, uh, a dwarven barbarian who helped kill one of the one of the big dragons that are the. Uh... Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, it, we we had like even those people reprising some of their roles in um, 
in uh, Legend of Vox Machina, like in yeah. the season you had Will Friedle, who was a guest star occasionally in Campaign mm-hmm. 1, and reprising his character in uh, Legend of Vox Machina and stuff like that. So yeah, they, they definitely have guest yeah. stars come on for like three or four episodes, and then you know, maybe we'll see you again down the line or something like that. Nat Nadpod does that really, really well, I think, where they have they have guest care guest guys who are like former college humor uh, members show up. Like uh, um, Brendan Lee Mulligan showed up and uh, played like the best character of all time for like yeah. five episodes, and you're like, please don't go, <laughs> but he has to go, right? Because it's just it doesn't make sense for his character to stick around. In the same way, in this movie where uh, John Page shows up as Zenic who's a paladin who basically is better than them all and kind of solves all their problems for like uh, a middle chunk of the movie. And then it's like, all right, you guys got to go finish your mission. And they're like, why don't you come? And he's like, you know, cause I've got my own stuff to do. Right. And, like, and then just kind of walks off and then isn't there for the third act of the movie. And most of the time that would be horrible in a film, but it works because this is a goddamn Dungeons and Dragons movie. And it just, it was so, just so brilliant that he he randomly popped up and was honestly only in screen for like i don't know 20 minutes of the film and then was gone and you were like more please right but but it just didn't make sense for him to stick around it was so brilliant and that's just like such a big aspect of the dungeons and dragons experience that they managed to capture that in this film and it made sense and worked and i can't believe they did that quite frankly because it's it's just ah Oh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, other he... other big sort of D and D vibe things that I enjoyed were the um, inclusion of uh, magic items that have very creative uses. Like there was the uh, hither thither uh, staff. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, great. Bequeathed to them by a uh, diminutive Bradley Cooper, which that was. <laughs> we could just do that now if you want. Yeah. I am. I'll be. I am admittedly not the biggest Bradley Cooper guy. Yeah. I, I kind of nothing Bradley Cooper. But in this, it like I was like, do I like Bradley Cooper now? <laughs> is that Un- uncredited? Yeah, uncredited, which is great. I love it when they do that in movies when they keep stuff like that under wraps and 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 it just sort of happens organically in the film, and you're like. This is great, and I'm like, wow, Bradley Cooper. They're they're doing the because he plays like a halfling, right? So they're <laughs> so they're doing the old uh, force perspective stuff with him and uh, Michelle Rodriguez, where Michelle Rodriguez is like an Amazon barbarian who's towering over Bradley Cooper, uh, and it's like, wow, we're having a real moment here too between these well, two characters as they do the uh, like the the old Lord of the Rings force perspective camera tricks there yeah, yeah. to make it look like he's like two feet tall and she's eight feet tall. And it's like, like this post breakup, like oh. romantic scene. Right. And, and yeah. the running, the running joke of like, you know, then his, his new woman comes in and she's yeah. like off brand barbarian. <laughs> like, yeah. She, oh, yeah. She's, she's type, huh? it's clearly, he's got a type. <laughs> yeah, right? And at the end of the movie, you know, Holga's getting like a reward from like a gnome or something like that and she's like hey, yeah and like, oh, yeah got a type. yeah and she also has a type yeah that that yeah that bradley cooper bit was that was brilliant it oh my was brilliant God. and like an actual scene where i'm like and i love michelle rodriguez legitimately my i love michelle rodriguez they don't exactly like give her the like you, they don't you know give her opportunities like this in stuff like it, fast and furious fast and the furious no because the fast and the furious well i guess they sort of do but fast oh, and the well, furious fast and furious is so snake eating its own tail and in 
honestly, it wouldn't work if it wasn't uh, that, right? Um, I mean, I, I can say, honestly, that this is my favorite Michelle Rodriguez performance. <laughs> yeah, she was, like, so good She was having movie. a lot of fun. <laughs> she sure was. And, like, legitimately, that might be, like, like you might put that scene on her on her sizzle reel honestly she was so good in that scene I, and then she gets out Ed here but the, the very oh. end of the movie the, with the slow-mo throw of the potato <laughs> yeah that was good that face. yeah oh my god just he's got a knife on his on on chris pine's daughter and he, she's just like throw the slow-mo potato that just mashes across his face yeah, that was so good. Um, but uh, yeah, to, to kind of get back to my point is that uh, um, uh, so Bradley Cooper, Marilyn, I think is the name of the character. Yeah, Marilyn, or Mar Marlamin or Marilyn or Mar Marlamin, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Marvin. Anyway, you know, she's yeah, from this like walking stick that turns out to be like this incredibly powerful staff. Now, I mean, if if you give someone like okay, here's a portal gun. <laughs> yeah. Um, like you know. Our friend Kyle, you give him an item like that, he's gonna you find a way to abuse it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there are a, there are a few uses in this movie where it's like, yeah, put it on the portrait that we're gonna cut the painting out of, and we're gonna use it as a trap door in the bottom of this cart, and then use it to break into it. Like, tons of fun with that as a device. Yeah. Um, Extremely D and D stuff there for sure. Yeah. Culminating in the end when uh, they use it to basically make the the hot air balloon that we've seen like three establishing shots of vomit all mm -hmm. this gold across the city in a way that's like okay that's hilarious it's creative yeah. and it's a way to actually save these people from this ritual that's happening mm -hmm. like yes <laughs> and it also and also it's <laughs> and its introduction was preceded by another great D D reference which was again uh rjp <laughs> uh explaining how they have to get across this intricate puzzle bridge and as he's explaining it i'm like oh man they're doing a puzzle bridge and i was kind of like this is gonna be fun and then the one guy <laughs> steps on the one part of it and destroys the bridge <laughs> while he's mid-speech explaining how okay we have to step on only the odd numbered ones except when we get to the half then we got to switch to only even numbered ones <laughs> and like we must do this except in for every fourth one which is a trap <laughs> yeah exactly except for every fourth one which is a trap <laughs> and it's just explaining something that would absolutely be a puzzle moment in D, &D that's what we come up with and the guy accidentally steps on it and breaks and then it's like wow i didn't think that was the start of the bridge he's right? <laughs> like, like i just like staring him down as he's like oh uh so it seems like a bad design to me <laughs> yeah why would they even do this right yeah. <laughs> like oh god it was great they were yeah they were oh the only thing the only thing i was a little uh that that the nerd D, &D and guy in me got is that when uh we did go to the underdark we did not see any drow elves i was i was like oh my god are we gonna see drow elves or whatever but then they had those little brain dudes though which was that the was a fun period yeah. yeah the intellect devourers yeah and then they're like they will only attack <laughs> and then walks past and chris Pine's just like well, that's a bit rude <laughs> you know or whatever he said yeah. but yeah that yeah, oh god, and then Thumbershod, the fat dragon, was in, uh, was there, and that was so good. He's, he's basically a chicken dragon, right? tiny little wings, like that. <laughs> oh god, that was yeah, yeah. And that, that's just it, right? Like, at yeah. every point, regardless of whether it's, like, a serious or romantic or dramatic or dangerous scene, there's always this sort of subtext of humor. Like, I, I probably laughed like for the entirety of this movie yeah it, it was a good time yeah it was really good um 
Let's go through the cast. Uh, starting with Chris Pine. Chris Pine plays the bard member of the uh, of of the group. Um, we mentioned that you know he, he was a former member of the Harpers or something they were called, where yep. he, they were seemed to be these paladin group, and uh, they you know his, his wife gets killed, and then he you know he becomes that kind of thief guy, and then he gets betrayed by. Uh, Gets betrayed by Forge, who's played by uh, Hugh Grant, and then tries to steal his daughter. And then he's like, well, i got to get my daughter back. <laughs> this is kind of the whole reason I'm doing this thing. And, yeah, and he was he was excellent. He's he's back on top in the Chris ranking, I think. Uh, yep. uh, to me, this, this yeah. harkens back, um, and, and because it's Chris Pine, and I haven't seen a million Chris Pine movies, but um, it, it harkened back to, like, 2009 Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very fast-paced, very, um, you know, you're playing a sort of charismatic leader-type character um, in, like, a James Kirk and now in an Ed- Edgin. Um, yeah, liked it a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I worried that I would get um, overloaded with schmooze with a bard of main character, um, and I'm glad that that didn't happen. Um yeah. yeah, they didn't really do that. It was just sort of like I play the loot, and uh, and I'm 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 the play. Yeah, his thing was because uh, at one point they literally say to him, "What do you do?" And he's like, "I come up with the plans." And they're like, and, and, "Yeah," and they have that, this whole diatribe of like, "Well, I come up, I'll come up with," I'm, and then if that plan fails, I come up with another plan. But the scene have... where he distracted the guards playing the loot, and then it turned out it was an illusion. But the illusion, the guy started losing concentration on his illusion. Yeah, melting like a Teddy Ruxpin. Oh my god! Yeah, that was another. Yeah, that was another excellency and another big D and D moment where he's like, "Oh, he's he's losing concentration on, on the spell, right?" Yeah, that was. Uh... Oh, was like lines like the right skipping. <laughs> yeah, that was. He was so good in that scene too, as he was doing this little like this these like dainty steps while playing the lute. Yeah, this little thing. skips. <laughs> yeah, he's doing these little skips. God, that was so good. He he was great in that. Uh, next we have Michelle. Rodriguez, who we mentioned, plays Holga Kilgore, who is uh, the barbarian of the group. She gets to do a lot of the the punchy, kicky stuff in this movie, uh, which you know, from if you've ever watched a uh, freaking Fast and Furious movie, you know that uh, she's quite capable of. She was excellent in this movie, one of the best parts, and weirdly gets all of the emotional beats in the well, movie. I, I would say, say right? she is the character that they allowed to be soft. Um, yeah, like they, they, everybody kind of had like a, a personal arc. Um, in like the main cast, uh, yeah, which was great, but uh, because hers was allowed to be deeply personal and conflicted, of you know, I I I left my tribe to be with uh, an outsider, and I had never got over the fact that I had to leave my tribe to be with the outsider, and mm-hmm. so I had to leave the outsider as well eventually. Like, yeah, is... and then she becomes the surrogate mother to uh, Chris Pine's uh, daughter's character and whatnot. Yep. Yeah, yep. It, it's. It's it's a it's a really excellent and it's, unlike it's real easy to make a barbarian character like a like a critical role grog where it is ninety nine percent like you know I'm dumb and I'm angry and I'm strong and that's yeah it. I'm dumb muscle guy yeah like yeah you re- it's it's very hard to not make a barbarian and have him be like randy macho man savage yeah, it's tough exactly. because that's also extremely fun right like oh totally yeah. But like and like and something you never get to see Michelle Rodriguez do in like any film because like especially when you watch the Fast and Furious the Fast and Furious you know they try to give her moments of levity with uh, 
um, Vin Diesel and like Dominic Toretto, right? Because they're supposed to be the 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 love uh, story that kind of is the you know that softens those two characters. But even, even when they do that stuff, they never really let Michelle Rodriguez actually play soft like you, you yeah like you mentioned like she's always even in the scenes where she's with vin diesel she's all she always has to be like scowling or, <laughs> yeah and also opposite vin diesel which i assume doesn't help but like yeah they, they gave her some honest to goodness emotional beats in this movie and i thought she rose to the occasion for sure Absolutely. it was was excellent up into the to up into and including the moment where she's gonna die and then uh, where she does die and they telegraph the whole MacGuffin, and it's obviously telegraphed where it's like, oh no, he's oh, oh, clearly right. gonna, yeah, he's clearly gonna have to use the MacGuffin uh, device that they've been after, uh, the the tablet of reawakening. And he's like, I'm gonna bring back my dead wife, and then uh, he's like, well, he's not gonna be able to bring back his dead wife because he's gonna have to use it on Michelle Rodriguez, and then he does, and she's like, no, you didn't waste it on me, you idiot, <laughs> right? And it was <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like that was that was just just excellent, right? Yeah, and she's making um, song as she dies. <laughs> Yeah, that that was really good. Uh, we talked about RJP uh, as Zenek Yendar, the paladin. He was he was just so fun and just playing the like the, the just straight laced. I'm never gonna it do super wrong. Super straight, which makes his intro scene where he is pulling a tabaxi child out of a giant fish monster. <laughs> yeah, even like, better, right? Like, <laughs> but he's doing it in that like such holier than that way where he's like, nobody hurt the fish, right? You know, like, straight face, like he does. Yeah. Like he's basically he, that you've never seen in a movie before or ever will again. <laughs> he's basically playing Jesus, right? Like he's, he's playing Jesus had a goddamn sword and was willing to fight a dragon, right? Like yeah. it was so good. He was excellent. I and like I hope uh yeah, he's he's obvi- he's probably going to be the connective tissue because like well, let me ask you this before we continue uh going on with the um with the cast and and how they did in this. If we were to get a sequel of this, would you prefer that they continue with the adventures of uh, Chris Pine and his band of uh, Merry Men? Or would you prefer it if it was like sort of MCU-ish in that uh, the next one can be called like uh, Dungeons and Dragons colon Paladins and then we're following like an Oops All Paladins uh, group around and then maybe they bump into like just uh xanic or just the tiefling druid or mm-hmm. uh or whatever and then eventually it's like we all have to come together to beat mordenkainen or something like that and then in like you know if, if this were to have a prosperous like you know 10 movie run or whatever and then the big their version of marvel's Endgame is we've got to beat mordenkainen and all of a sudden it's like chris pine and everybody are all are all together would you prefer that or would you just prefer uh chris pine and everybody to be in every flick um, I mean, that's a good question. I, I, I yeah. think that I would prefer to stick with this group for at least one more, mm-hmm. um, because I enjoyed them and I, I feel like, you know, uh, their arcs have come to a point that brought them to this point and I'd kind of like to see what happens next. Like it, it feels like, you know, if you're telling a single story, it could easily end there. Right. Um, but to see what might come next, I think would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could, I could totally see, like you know, now we've got a another Dungeons and Dragons movie, a totally separate cast, and you know, there are some cameos or something like that. I could see that too. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, 
you know, I I also don't necessarily feel like this is a franchise that has to be like, well, we're putting out three movies a year and we're doing it for twenty years either. Like, I don't, yeah, need, I don't need that out of this. <laughs> no, 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 certainly not. It, this this one pacing wise, this movie should this if this does indeed become a franchise, yeah. um, pacing wise for this, they need to be uh, less MCU and more Fast and Furious. I think where it's yeah. like every every couple of years we every get one couple of years we get a revisit or something like that or <laughs> yeah did like because because you could easily even have like you know, like uh the daughter character akira you know yeah. she becomes a rogue in her own right and now she's leading a group and you know she's like uh like i don't know how old she was supposed to be necessarily in the story but she could be Teenager, like for sure she could be like you know a, a late teens early 20s character in a sequel and, mm. and leading a group and it makes sense to you know Maybe when things get super dire at the end of the second act, you know, calling your old friend, uh, your your dad and and Holga in to to help out or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see it going either way. Uh, uh, Justice Smith, who I believe was he not the kid in the Detective Pikachu movie? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think he was. I'm pretty sure he was. Don't quote me on that. I never actually saw the uh, the Detective Pikachu movie, uh, mostly because I hate Ryan Reynolds. Um, yeah, yeah he play he plays a half elf uh, sorcerer who they never come out and say if he like I know he says wild magic a couple of times but is is he supposed to be a wild magic sorcerer I got the feeling he was supposed to be a wild magic sorcerer because he would just randomly do like stuff would randomly happen to him that he couldn't technically control from time to time so I'm just like is this another D and D thing where he's a wild magic sorcerer did you get that vibe or uh, so it it was mentioned I think once or twice and I don't think that they yeah. went in enough on that so part of where I would like to see a sequel go is developing that character a bit more as a main focus um i don't think he got as much of an arc as the others uh his whole thing was about building his confidence um such that he could be in sort of a vaguely romantic relationship with dork by the end of the movie fine i get it that's that's cute um i loved his intro scene um, yeah. Mostly because of one extra who <laughs> I died laughing at this random interjection because he 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 uh, is doing like this uh, levitation like mage hand stealing everyone's gold while he's yeah. putting on like a super boring distracting uh, magic show at the. He's front basically the doing the th- he's basically doing the pretend thumb removal of sorcery tricks. Yeah, I exactly. Guess, for... <laughs> it's like, check it out, my fingers on fire. Check it out, I'm vaguely blurry. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then you know, there's one he like gets distracted by uh, uh, Edgen and uh, Holga entering the room, and he drops this ball of jewelry. And yeah. there's one dude who just shouts, "He's nicking all our bits and bobs." Yeah, <laughs> and then everyone like comes at him, and he you know tries to protect himself, and actually accidentally ends up levitating everyone to the ceiling, and the whole perspective of the uh, camera shot turns upside down for a minute. Like I thought that was really cool. Um, but uh, I, I think that as a character, he is, I think, less developed than some of the others. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and I think Doric is another. And because we love that wild shape sequence so much, I think now, now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> I yeah. think it would be cool if the two of them led the next movie. Yeah, because he's supposed to be, and his character is uh, uh, Simon Almar and or or Amar, Amar, I don't remember, but he, he's supposed to be a descendant of like a of like. Uh, one of the more famous like D and D 
wizards. It's like Elminster or something. Yeah, yeah, right? And, um, yeah, because his great-grandfather, like, because he, like, you're right, they didn't really develop his character as just sort of like, I'm sort of good at magic, but they can't make me a great sorcerer, otherwise I'd be too powerful for the way this movie goes, right? And, uh, and, you know, so he, so he needs to be a little bit like, I'm, I'm capable, but I frig up sometimes, which is why he, you know, I, I think they were trying to say he was a wild magic sorcerer without being, without uh, actually coming. Cause you know, then you start, it starts getting too crunchy. Cause then you have to explain what a wild magic sorcerer is, uh, to the non D and D folks. So I'm glad they didn't, um, go that route because you, you just don't need to get that crunchy yeah um, what we are supposed to know about this person is that they yeah. are a spellcaster that lacks uh confidence confidence uh, in yeah. their ability and as a result of that ends up kind of uh flubbing it up from time to yeah time. he'll flub it up and you know he's he's interested in the only other girl character in the movie that's around his age and you're like yeah that makes sense um and you know, yeah, his best stuff, though, is going with the, uh, is when they're making another uh, D&D reference, when they, they steal that uh, helmet, which is one of the many MacGuffins in this movie. It's a fucking D&D movie. There's going to be MacGuffins, right? There's gonna, not only is there going to be muffins, sure. MacGuffins, there's going to be several MacGuffins, because that's the way D&D works in, in, in general. Um, so he gets the one helmet, and he's like, like, the strongest, his strongest scene is the scenes with his... Uh, his great grand when he sees the visions of his great grandfather while he's putting on this helmet and his great grandfather is telling him you're not a good enough sorcerer to attune yourself to this helmet right and yep. that was that was some of the best that was his strongest moments in the yep, movie definitely. For, for sure yeah um Sophia Lillis plays Doric uh the only thing I know her from is she was in the it remakes from uh well oh, yeah. I guess I should say the latest it remakes from uh like 2017. And the other one was like 2019, 2020, I think. Um, she plays, and it's hilarious that she played a tiefling druid because I like about a month ago, you and I were having a conversation about uh, what's the you know least. Uh, what do you think the least used um, combination? <laughs> yeah, race to uh, race to class combination is, and I think we both settled on tiefling druid. And I was saying that if I wasn't already playing a tiefling. And you know, uh, and wanted to mix it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Not not together with two separate characters. A tiefling druid. That's like, I had an idea where it was like, if you were a tiefling druid who like takes care of like hell beasts, like kind of, it's like Hagrid and Jace. But if like, if Hagrid was evil, right? Because like how Hagrid is like. You know, you can't, in, in... It's got a soft spot for monsters. <laughs> for monsters, right? Even though, like, because, you know, even, like, the giant hairy spiders, but instead of giant hairy spider, what if it was, like, somehow even scarier and uglier than a giant hairy spider, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, don't hurt it! You know? Like, it's not like, I don't know, that, that, like... And then in this one, they come correct with a tiefling druid. Uh, not enough, uh... Didn't look enough like a, uh tiefling for me but that's me picking nets it doesn't matter they gave her the cool uh slick back horns and whatnot uh but you know the fact that they made her a tiefling druid and she got to turn into a freaking owl bear which you can't do in the game but we're not gonna uh we're, we're not gonna get crunchy like that that's that there's another awesome DD reference where she would turn into an owl bear and start punching things i'm like well that's awesome <laughs> and like yeah yeah um, she's introduced by being like the soldier's horse was i thought yeah was that was great that was a really great, yeah. Um, um, yeah, this is a and she's, that she's the freedom fighter, right? Who's like trying to take back the city that Hugh Grant's character is basically taking over, right? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that his expansion of the city is is coming into the, the forest of the Emerald Enclave, and they yeah. are supposed to protect this land, and they can't. Another deep cut D and D reference: the old Emerald Enclave. There. Yeah. So, so our friend Cat, who plays the Druid in uh, our game, uh, was <laughs> yeah. upset to learn that she can't wild shape as often as this either. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, let's not get let's not get bogged down in the details. Yeah, she has the best sequence in the movie, but she wild shapes like seven times. And you're like, well, you can't do that in the game. This is still an awesome sequence, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it'd be rather broken if you could just (laughs) go in that. But yeah, it was... It was quite. It was. It was quite good. I thought. Like she, her character's fine, but they use her to do a lot of the, uh, uh, a lot of the crunchier stuff in this movie. I would think where it's yeah, like it's uh, breaking stuff like that. Like I was yeah. before that that staff that gave them the portal gun basically, and mm-hmm. it's like okay, well we figured out a way to put it on the back of this uh, painting where we have the yeah. on top of it, and they're gonna put it in the vault, and then we can portal into the vault, and it's like okay, well it fell over and it's on the floor. Like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do we do with that? Okay, well, I'm going to chip away at this until I can become something small enough to crawl through the tiny crack that I make. Like, yeah, that's a very <laughs> clever solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just become a worm and I can get in here. And, like, yeah, that's plan D or whatever they said. <laughs> like, yeah, she, she got to do, like, her character got to do the best like honest to goodness D and D stuff in this movie. I thought, like, sure. be it with the with the really great sequence and the it, it, it was. It was really good. Uh, then, of course, we get our villain, Hugh Grant, who plays Forge Fitzwilliam, who's the uh, con artist of the movie, who uh, basically um, is with them for the uh, one last job at the beginning of the film and, of course, rips them all off and then uh, um, is able to, while, while they're in prison for a couple of years, is able to rise to uh, prominence as a uh, snake oil salesman governor of a of a uh of a the city of neverwinter right and um starts the uh oh god i forget what they call it but it's basically a gladiatorial games that goes on and that's where they really start getting uh heavy with the D &D references too not like it it's it, it doesn't hurt it if you're a uh uh, it, it doesn't hurt it if like like you get it right away. They pick some great monsters because obviously they get it right. Like if you're not a D and D person, you wouldn't get these monster references. But you also don't need to. But you know we get in we get into the, the like the big maze that they have to fight in, and all of a sudden there's displacer beasts there doing stuff right, and then excellent. Uh, love the displacer beasts oh, where they're like projecting yeah. the, the 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 illusory version of itself. Very cool. yeah. Yeah, that was excellently done, especially. So, like, that's cool if you're not getting it. And then if you're a deep cut, you know, D&D person, you're like, oh, my God! There's, uh, there's enough know. there for you to understand, right? It's like yeah. this panther that has these tentacles, and the tentacles glow, and then there's a illusory yeah. version of it that is tricking up a few of their competitors in this maze. Mm-hmm. And then when it starts to, it's about to happen to Chris Pine, you're like, oh, fuck, I know what's coming now. <laughs> yeah, uh, they had the gelatinous cube in there, which was great. They had the... Uh, the mimic, which was excellent, where I was like, "Oh my god, goddamn mimic in this movie!" That was hilarious. They had uh, an animated cast of the the D and D cartoon show, Saturday morning cartoon show, in that maze with them. Did you catch that's that? who? 
That, no, that's who, oh, that's who that, like, all those characters were supposed to be? Yeah, there's another group that's, like, they look... Yeah, because there's, like, four groups that are in the maze with them, right? And it's yeah. obviously... And that's another thing that would be great, where it would be, like, just going back to my thing of, like, you could do other parties, uh, you know, movies on other parties. One of the other parties could be one of, could be one of the groups that was in that maze, right? And then... Uh, we get that story and they'd be just like, this other group showed up and did all this weird shit. It was crazy, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like if you were to Google, like, um, they jumped into the, <laughs> we, we watched them jump into the gelatinous cube. I assume they were killed. You know, <laughs> you could say something like that. Right. Like I, I just, uh, dropped you a picture there, but basically like the, uh, Saturday morning dungeon. Yeah. Like, June from like the yeah, 80s. I remember it. Yeah, I just like I there, there was a bunch of kids that wearing like you know there's a green guy wearing like a wizard cap, like a very cartoon wizard. There's like a barbarian with like the horned helmet, uh, like very. I'll have I'll have to look for that next time I watch this movie for sure. I didn't pick up on that, but like that's another thing that I I should have pointed out much earlier in this podcast. But the fact that this movie, like we're getting into it, the fact that this movie not only honors D and D but makes it into a thing that like you know where where we get these deep cut you know if you play it you get the references but if you don't it doesn't bog down the movie for you it's still just an enjoyable swords and sorcery romp for you to watch yep just to get this and then to look back at like the other dungeons and dragons like movies that they've attempted over the years with like uh Oh God! Like I, I remember some. There was a podcast one time that went together and like did a deep dive into like every attempt at at a D and D movie uh, that had ever done, and and, and and there was like you know the the Marlon Wayans Jeremy Irons one from oh, like two thousand one that was like one of the biggest pieces of shit you've ever seen in your life, and had nothing to do with Dungeons and Dragons other than the fact that it was called Dungeons and Dragons, and there's just like. Another really, really bad, like, there's, like, a really bad, like, Swedish film or something that it was supposedly called Dungeons and Dragons and is just, like, like, also, like, a, it's, like, imagine the, the Marlon Wayans, Jeremy Irons movie, but if they didn't cut them a check for it, right? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's somehow even worse. Well, and, then, and that's what we were kind of saying oh. at the top is I kind of figured that this might be, like, a brand exercise like that. Like, you could easily... Mm -hmm. Like effectively, what they did in that 2000 movie, it was a 2000, I want to say. Um, yeah, is that it was like it was a fantasy movie, like a direct to video fantasy movie that just happened to have Jeremy Irons of all people in it. Yeah, that like uh, that they slapped the D&D &D name on. And, you know, part of me is worried that, that that's what they were going to do here again. But, you know, now there's a lot more. Uh, money and name recognition and stuff behind it. I'm glad that they did it right. Uh, and I'm mm -hmm. glad that the hyper-specific references uh, didn't bog anything down, right? Like, when they needed to explain something more, they did. Like, here's a staff, it does this, and it is, you know, easily demonstrated right away. I'm going to make a portal on this side of this broken bridge. I'm going to make a portal on the other side. Here I am going through it. Now you can see me on the other side. Like, you get it. <laughs> no one had to tell you that it can only be used so many times a day, and it's a legendary item, and it can only be attuned by wizards. Like, that didn't matter. Yeah. And, and so to have a character who's like, yeah, they can wild shape. They can transform into animals. How many times can they do it? Who gives a shit? Can they transform into an owlbear? What even is an owlbear? Who gives a shit? Like, it doesn't Yeah, matter. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, like, the, 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 the only things that were, like, D&D-specific &D that I wish we got a little bit more of um, is with Chris Pine's character. 
because it was all like he plans and he plays the loot and i think that it kind of does a disservice to the bard <laughs> yeah Not yeah he didn't re- it has music that can like uh mind control people or you can heal occasionally or you can mm-hmm. uh you know, insult somebody so bad that they take psychic damage, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, all, he, all, yeah. The, all, the, all the silly stuff that bards can actually do, that would have been fun to see in this movie as well. Maybe that was a miss. But, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm picking nits at this point. <laughs> yeah, but, like, Chris Pine's still great in this film. Oh, they totally. give him all, He gets to do a lot of his fun stuff. Um, uh, Hugh Grant, he plays the bad guy in this movie. He's basically playing swords and sorcery, Hugh Grant. Yeah, so he's, he's Hugh Grant. He's at his Hugh he's Grant. Hugh Grant. Yeah, he's he's great and fine, and you want to see him go down at the end of the movie, right? Which yeah. is all you ask of your guy playing the bad guy. Um, uh, Chloe Coleman plays the daughter. The daughter, she was good, but you know, the, it's it's pretty surface level stuff. Although, yeah, yeah, when, they weren't giving her a ton of screen time. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, and when they get her back at the end, and she's like helping him uh, fight the necromancer at the end of the movie, that was really well done. I thought the the okay. way they. They trick her, uh, which brings us to uh, Daisy Head, who plays uh, Sophina. Um, not very familiar with her as an actress because I think she uh, she's British, so she does a lot of like BBC stuff that I've never heard of. Um, she was great in this movie. It's a bit of a one note character, but that's what it calls for, right? Like you're, you're playing. She's playing uh, like she's um, playing the evil, powerful wizard who shoots cool shit out of her hands and is more powerful than everybody but is clearly part of a uh an evil magical cult who's trying to resurrect their uh uh you know their their dead long dead leader so they can take over the world but like she's great she looked cool and the uh the concept of a shaved head female necromancer will always work for me forever and ever in perpetuity (laughs) uh so she was great i thought the character looked awesome and uh and there was a lot was of great... cool stuff happening in that yeah. last fight scene like the, the yeah. animated stone dragon uh yeah. a lot of fun a, a very awesome third act fight scene that yeah. that wasn't all we're punching a giant cgi monster sure there was cgi but you know there was like a like you said there was a cgi stone dragon that she like brings to life but like other than that you know they're they're there's punching and kicking and uh, and you know, people shooting laser beams from their hands and stuff like that. It was it was a very satisfying third act fight against uh, the BBEG in order to uh, to to steal another uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, reference. That was the thing. The fight scenes in this movie, I don't think we properly gave them the due, but I I thought that they were actually very incredible, well choreographed. The, yeah. very well choreographed, and the way they made like the magic users combine with the martial fighters as well, I thought was really well done especially in the sequence in the underdark um where they're fighting a bunch of the uh the 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 evil wizard guys who follow them into the underdark as well as um uh thember shot the big uh (laughs) the the chicken dragon basically yeah yeah. and uh and then the third act fight scene against daisy head uh her the sophina character that was all beautifully done and like i said a very very satisfying third act fight scene um, which again, not to turn this into a big, like, you know, uh, elbow drop from the top rope on the MCU, but that's what the MCU has been lacking, I think, uh, recently. And now they we're, 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 they've still built up enough good credit in that, but those are just some of the things that have been missing since they've lost again, their big BBEG, um, 
in Thanos, right? And they're 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 yeah. trying to build back up to that magic. And oh, fuck, I don't know what's going on with uh, Jonathan Majors. That's for another pod. What a <laughs> fucking mess that is. It was his year, Kev. Why, John? Why? Why? Uh, yeah, and that, that's pretty much it. We, that, that's pretty much the whole cast there. Sorry, I went off on a bit of a tangent nope, there. Okay. I'm <laughs> greatly upset by that. Um, yeah, the Bradley Cooper thing that we mentioned, it's it, it was great. And obviously they set it up where they could easily do a, a sequel for this. I, ho- I hope they get to, because this was, this was a lot of goddamn fun. Um, anything else you want to mention about this, or...? Uh... Not really, other than, like, I mean, I, I'm I'm constantly thinking about Dungeons & Dragons anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a big part of my life. But, like, yeah. seeing some of this stuff represented on screen really just lit, a, uh, like, relit the fire under me to be like, oh, I want to play a paladin someday. Like, yeah, that shit was awesome. Or, like, yeah, yeah I could totally see myself playing, like, uh, 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 a, a sorcerer that, um, you know focuses on this particular school of magic or something like like mm-hmm. it, it, it just it just makes you want to play it again that's all yeah did, yeah it, it really did it made me want to get after it for sure uh yeah i was watching this movie i remember walking out of there driving home because i was driving home by myself and i was like what would my character do if he was in that movie and then i was just like and since he's a gunslinger i'm just like probably just shoot everything yeah, <laughs> right? actually, like... can i i, I want to mention one more thing actually because here's something i was surprised by in the movie I did not expect them to have, and there were only a handful, but I did not expect them to have as many monstrous races as they did. Like, the fact that one of the first characters yeah. is a dragonborn, I'm like, oh, representation. Yes! <laughs> that's true, yeah, there was the dragonborn, they had the Arakakra, and, like, and the first thing you actually see is, like, an, yeah, there's, an, there's a big old ugly orc dude that they dragged to prison, that's the guy that uh, Michelle uh, Rodriguez beats the crap out of. Um, yeah, you see Tabaxi, uh, one of the characters in the party's the Tiefling. Um, they didn't go deep into the elves, right? Like, you see, uh, um... No, that's what I mean. Like, right? I kind of expected, like, you know, okay, everyone's gonna be human or they're gonna have pointy ears. Like, yeah. that's kind of what you expect to see in a movie like this. Um, and the fact that they had, like, you know, a handful of gnomes or halflings, like smaller yeah. races. They had they had a couple dragonborn. I think it was actually one guy playing multiple dragonborn. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, they had Jonathan, uh, who yeah. became a running gag just because he's an Aarakocra that people <laughs> try to use to escape multiple times. Yeah. Uh, like it. It was it was interesting because you know the trailer was very much like okay, well our main characters um, are are Chris Pine human and Michelle Rodriguez human and Hugh Jackman human. And, like, you know, there was a little bit... And, and Zank as well. We have a half-elf with some pointy ears and we have a tiefling with some horns, but not even, like, the skin coloring that you see. And I get why. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, the fact that, you know, like, we're going to have this scene very early on even where we're going to put you before this council of uh, jailers and one of them is human and one's a gnome and one's an Aarakocra and one's a dragonborn. Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming they didn't... I'm assuming the re- dragonborn represented in a movie. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome. That was, that was great. I, I'm assuming the reason they didn't go full, like... Um, the same reason we uh, didn't see Drow. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. Well, Drow might have been. A, man, I don't know. Maybe it's. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. But uh, 
I wanted to see the Spider Queen. That's all. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking they would be running from the Spider Queen when they went down there instead of uh, uh, instead of Thumbershot. But that was also a cool reference of Thumbershot. Uh, but uh, I pretty it, it, the reason Sophia Lillis didn't get the full. Uh, uh, didn't get the full red makeup or the full purple makeup for this one, I'm assuming, is because they didn't want to run into a uh, a Rebecca Ramone, Stamos, uh, Jim Carrey, and the Grinch uh, thing where it's like, this is unbearable to sit in the makeup chair for four hours a day. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. I, yeah. I, I assume that's, that's the reason they didn't. Yeah, and it's just not completely necessary, right? And it's, it's yeah. Um... Yeah, anything else you wanted to bring up? Any any other uh, references, or you want to just get to the final? Uh, uh, I think that's score? it. All right. Uh, so overall, what would you uh, what would you rate Dungeons and Dragons: Colon Honor Among Thieves? Uh, it's going to be a uh, a high eight or a nine for me. I really yeah. like this movie. I I, am, I I would see it again in theater, um, honestly, and I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. Um, but uh, I very much enjoyed it. I enjoyed how much uh, my wife enjoyed it, based on the fact yeah. that she could give a shit about like D and D or the fantasy genre in general. Like it's it's a lot of fun, uh, regardless of what level of background uh, up until up into uh, no background at all that you're bringing into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't require you to have that knowledge. It definitely has stuff to reward you if you do. Um, because like I said, with like the, um, the speak with dead scene, like, you know, if you, if you understand and you've used that spell before, you understand what the restrictions are and that makes the spell fun when it's used <laughs> in multiple different ways in this movie, um, while marrying it with a like epic backstory that is related to Michelle Rodriguez's character. And I think it does a great job of, uh, marrying humor with, uh, drama uh, and tying it all together with those specific references, like those three things are in like perfect balance. And I was delightfully surprised by that. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. A solid nine from Matt, nine out of 10 for Matt Pierce from Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, solid nine. And I can think of no better way than, uh, when you were describing that uh, Jenny liked it, and I believe that my wife liked it, two uh, spouses who, uh, or spouse of Jace, who do not have one affinity for the game whatsoever. Who could give a shit? <laughs> yeah, just a D&D movie for the wives. <laughs> like, a D&D movie for the wives is is uh, like like one that the, or D&D movie even the wife can enjoy, for God's sake. Uh, I, I think is is just that should be the tagline. <laughs> yeah, that should be one of the taglines, or or yeah, yeah, or just take take it to see your or your non D and D partner, obviously, to yeah. to update it for the for the. I don't want to just specifically put it on the wives, obviously, twenty twenty three. But uh, it's just it's a better tagline to say a D and D movie for the wives. That's all I'm saying. It, it was great. It was so good. Um, so that is it. Uh, for this podcast, Crossover Podcast, available at uh, thecrossoverpodcast.com. We're no longer on Facebook.com anymore since I got hacked. Uh, so we're on uh, thecrossoverpodcast.com. Uh, iTunes, please rate and subscribe, five stars only. We're on pretty much any podcatcher uh, that you could possibly think of. Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Leave us a review on any of those, please. Reviews go a long way. Uh, and as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. Um, 
Can I do That'll... a quick uh, plug? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Plug whatever you want. Uh, so, uh, if you're listening to this and you are into Dungeons & Dragons, I actually do some uh, homebrew of uh, magic items with uh, my own drawings on Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. That is at uh, Magical Miscellany, uh, M-I-S-C-E-L-L-A-N-Y. I've got like 100-something posts now. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I'm just kind of doing for fun, but uh, if you are interested, please check it out. I will say this. In addition to all of the great things that you do bring to the table when you're uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons, having played with you, uh, easily you are one of the best Dungeons and Dragons artists that we have going right now. I will oh, honestly say that. I will honestly say that. Because, like, he recently drew one of my characters for me. It's a, uh, a hillbilly, uh, just the Coles notes. He's basically a hillbilly uh, elf druid. And the way I had him pictured in my head. I was trying like the Dickens, because I, as a man who has not a single artistic bone in his body, uh, was just we'll, we'll just scour the internet for uh, the way I picture the character in my head and attempt to find uh, uh, more talented people than myself with close approximations. This one was yeah. so far like I play a tiefling gunslinger as my main character. So it's not hard to Google like tiefling cowboy or something like that, and. and there's artists on the internet who who uh, have done similar stuff, and I'm like, that's close enough. I'll take that one and use that as like my little token when we're playing on uh, <laughs> yeah. on Roll Twenty or D and D Beyond or whatever. And uh, yeah, but uh, could not get one for this a, a character so very obscure and fraught with references that there's no way it could have come from anywhere besides yeah, yeah. the mind of Matt Get Pierce. Google half elf, half orc Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> exactly, right? It just doesn't... Nobody has drawn that, right? With, and, 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 yeah. So uh, for you to have uh, drawn that, like I said, it, it, it's it's one of the best things. So I highly recommend uh, his Instagram. Give it a plug again. Uh, uh, yep, your... that's uh, at Magical Miscellany. Uh, mostly an in-universe mm-hmm. uh, magic shop that uh, is in my game that I run. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, a lot of these items are seeing some use in my game. Um, and uh, occasionally do character art as well. So uh, you can check that out. Nice. What's the actual Instagram handle? Instagram.com yeah, that, that's slash... What it is, at, at Magical Miscellany. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So uh, that'll be it for the that'll be it for the rest of this for this Dungeons and Dragons pod. Um, I will be back later on this week on the other side talking sports with uh, Craig. Uh, he'll likely come on to console me about this horrific Gabe Landis cog news. But uh, what are you going to do? And then we we will uh, once we finally figure out who's playing who in uh, the uh, NHL playoffs because it's going down to the like. We, we know who's in the playoffs. We know all the 16 teams that are going to participate in the playoffs right now, Kevin. But with one or two games left, we don't know who's playing who. Because uh, everybody's so tightly bunched up right now. So, um, once we figure out who's playing who with the uh, the, the final uh, game or two that everybody has left. Uh, so, uh, I imagine Craig and I are going to get together on Sunday. So, I imagine... Uh, either Sunday night or uh, look for that on uh, Sunday night or... Uh, uh, Monday morning as we're going to be breaking down the uh, breaking down and predicting what's going to happen in the uh, first round of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, so yeah, so plenty of content coming from the crossover podcast recently. So that is it, uh, Kevin. Thank you for doing this. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves comes highly recommended by the crossover podcast. Uh, take care, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on the crossover podcast. Hey,